And y'all have seen a video gone viral with me uh, speaking very openly and candidly about the past. And as I was on that stage saying what I was saying, let me be clear, it was intentional. It was intentional. The contract situation and the headliner situation, that was just the icing on the cake for D.L. Hughley and I. Let's take them back, though. Take them back. Let's take them back to the beginning so everybody can get an understanding of where the love fest, if you will, ended. Let me turn it up, Daddy. They saying turn it up. All right. Okay. So let me just take y'all back to where when you think you're cool with somebody, you find out that you're not. Some time ago when D.L. Hughley, uh, he still has his radio show, and they called me to do an interview. I go on to do the interview, and I'm getting interviewed by the sister Jasmine, and I can't remember the other gentlemen that were in the room. It was one of his producers, and it was another gentleman on the radio. And please forgive me, I can't remember their names. So we're having a great time doing this interview. Well, when we get to the end of the interview, the sister Jasmine says, hey, Monique, would you like to play a game? And I said, okay, sis, let's play the game. Well, when she said the game is called, would you rather? So I said, okay, I'm down for it. And then the sister says to me, would you rather your husband sleeps with Lee Daniels with a condom or Corinne Steffens without one. Breathe that in for a sec. Now, for those of you who didn't hear it and you might just have joined the room, I want to take you back to that moment. This sister, a black woman, asked me when they were playing this game called Would You Rather, Hey, Monique, would you rather your husband sleeps with Lee Daniels with a condom or Corinne Steffens without one? Now, the question that I would ask anybody that's listening, is that offensive? Is that insulting? Is that going too far? And how, when you are pro-black or portray yourself as a pro-black man, how is that helpful to the community to ask, would you sleep with Lee Daniels with a condom? Would you prefer your husband sleep with Lee Daniels with a condom or Corinne Steffens without? Because any way Monique speaks on it, what happens? You're downgrading the other person. Yes. And, and despite the fact that Monique and Lee were having a rift at the time. She refused to say anything negatively against them in that regard. She wasn't going to play that. But to your point, then what happened? So, DL was not there that day. I said to his team, let me call DL Hughley. Because what I know is that brother ain't down like that. He going to have a problem with y'all saying that kind of foolishness. So I get D.L. Hughley's telephone number and I call D.L. Hughley and I say, hey, man, I just did an interview with your people and this is what they trying to run. Like, this is the game they trying to play. And D.L.'s response was, that's just how we do. And that's what it is. I said, really, brother? So 
we attack families now? Like, what you doing? Like I said, that's just how we do. I said, DL, I would suggest you don't air that because I don't think it's going to make you look good to the community. Now, if y'all notice, that never got aired and I never said anything. Through the years, I never said anything. I kept it to myself because what I knew was that I was going to see D.L. Hughley again. Now, after that situation happened, it let me know for whatever reason, D.L. Hughley was not cool with me. For whatever reason. Then through the years, and I want y'all to hear me, please. Through the years, I've listened to this man talk about all that I'm not, what I didn't deserve. I was mentally ill. I was bitter. Me and my husband did poor business. I was uh, selfish. Um, I was fanatic. I was psychotic. Now, don't take my word, please. You can Google it for yourself. YouTube it for yourself. D.L. Hughley speaks on Monique. And through the years, my babies, I said nothing because I knew the day would come that I would see D.L. Hughley. Now, for every interview he's done, I didn't get it from nobody else's mouth. I watched it for myself. And I watched this brother sit down with that white cat. Vlad. Vlad. And tell this white man all that I wasn't, as the white man told him, all that me and my husband wasn't. And I watched D.L. Hughley go in. Now, it ain't that he just goes in on me. D.L. Hughley has a habit of saying freely what's he want, what he wants to say about anybody. Ice Cube. Come on. Angela Stanton. Come on. Uh, uh, Kanye West. Mm -hmm. Like the, the, the young Rhythm, babies. Ism. The young babies, the rappers, Young Thug and Gunna. Yeah. See, and let me tell y'all, when I made that joke about you, D.L. Hughley, I didn't think you would get tender in your feelings because you made the comment about the baby stage names and you said with names like that, don't you think they would wind up in jail? Well, that's what you said. Well, I thought I was coming back being clever, making a joke, because you know back in the day when somebody was on the DL, you know what they were. I don't think you're a homosexual man, DL. I was making a joke and I can't believe you got tender. See, you got tender after you've talked for years. So let me be clear to you babies watching. Saturday night, I don't care where I went up on that stage, I was going to hand D.O. Hughley his ass because through the years I've listened to this man speak so freely about my poor decisions, my life choices, and he spoke as if we had a conversation sitting down talking. Now, please tell the good people out there what it is that made you go on his show to be blindsided by that question in the first place, what was it about your relationship that made you think he was a comrade in comedy? See y'all, I'm one of them old school kind of girls. I'm one of them old school, round the way, down the block kind of girls. And when you get invited to my home, that means something to me. And this was back in the day, this was back in the 90s. And I was opening up for D.L. Hughley. And I was excited. He was doing a comedy club in Upper Maryland. It was the night of a Mike Tyson fight. So no one showed up. Ten people showed up to the show. It was no judgment because everybody understood when Mike Tyson fight, the world shuts down. So 
for whatever reason, DL had the date. They booked me on the show with them. I'm excited. We get there. It's 10 people. I say, hey, DL, so the night's not a total bust. Why don't you and your audience, because they came to see him, come on back to my home. We can watch the fight. I'll fix some food. Let's have a good time. So I invite this man back to my home. Now, I don't know about y'all, but my home is my sacred place. But I invite him and his audience back so people wouldn't walk away disappointed that there was no show. So that's why I felt like from that moment to the moment I did his radio show and they tried to come with foolishness, I always thought D.L. Hughley and I were cool, always, never knew that he had so much to say. And had Brother D.L., because regardless of the beef, that's still our brother. Come on. But had Brother D.L. simply said, I apologize that that offended you, I apologize for catching you off, I could see how that could catch you off because had my wife came on there and you said something like that to her in reference to me, that would have been insulting because we are supposed to be protective of one another in that regard. But beyond that, because when Monique told me that that's what he said, I personally didn't take offense to him utilizing me. I took exception to him utilizing brother uh, Lee and sister Corinne because what had they done to him? Again, when you are a senior in the community and you're 59 years old and your history is you used to be in the gang, you dropped out of school, you got your GED, that right there is an incredible story of how somebody made mistakes, turned it around, came from nothing, and made something of himself. Can't help but give him props, be proud of him. But when you listen to him go after Ice Cube, because that man made a decision as a man to say, I'm not going to get that vaccination and it doesn't matter how much money it is. That's what you call integrity. When you have a brother named Kanye that has had the challenges that he's had and you have him calling that man out as opposed to calling him up and saying, let me put my arm around you. And he and Steve talking about, we come from a place called Whoop Ass. The Whoop Ass Tribe. The Whoop Ass Tribe. Listen, that may have been cool when you were younger, but what you trying to give to the young folks, because if they get the whooping on people, they're going to jail. I'm 54. DL 59. Steve 62. Monique 50 something years old. What we like look you like. Said 50 I, something. I'm 54. My bad. 54, <laughs> I know. Uh, but what good would it do our old asses out here fighting? So the the point of all of that is. There's an old saying, you live by the sword and you die by the sword. If you've been comfortable talking about Riza Islam in reference to his opinion about a vaccine, if you're talking about our sister, uh, uh, Angela Stanton, 
and her views, but then she approaches you in the airport to see your personal opinion about it, but you call security. If you don't believe me, reach out and ask. Okay, we sorry. Okay. We saying to you then, we shouldn't talk about people and then not have the same energy when we see them, when we talked about them. But that's what happens when you start with people that didn't start anything with you. With you. Um, go ahead. No, baby, go ahead. Oh, and I want to address something too, because I want to watch. I want y'all to watch how people like D.L. Hughley will throw smoke and mirrors to try to distract from what it really is. If you watch the video of what I said, if you watch that video, I didn't say anything insulting in reference to that man's family, nor his beautiful wife. What I said was, is I feel sorry for your family. I feel sorry for your wife. Now, the other part that I said, y'all know what it was, and I'm going to leave it on the stage. But I'll to be specific, without being specific, you essentially said... I feel sorry for your wife having to perform a sexual act on a coward. That's exactly How do you perform a sexual act on a coward? There is nothing that was said about your wife. Nothing. Your family. Nothing. It was directed specifically to you. So let me be clear again. For all the shade droppers, tea spillers, candy bar biters, Saturday night, D.L. Hubley was going to get his ass handed to him because through the years I've heard this man have a lot to say about me and what are the type of person I am if y'all don't know by now I wasn't going on nobody's radio show talking about how I felt towards the L. Hughley I wasn't going on nowhere. I was going to make sure the night that I spoke about D.L. Hughley I wanted D.L. Hughley to be there now I want to address something else and everything I'm saying please find it out for yourself I want to address something. When D.L. Hughley says, and then she brought in Steve Harvey. See, let me tell y'all something. This ain't new. I watched D.L. Hughley and Steve Harvey sit on his show and lie. D.L. show. On D.L. show and lie. I watched Steve Harvey say to D.L., we had to edit the show because Monique was saying some crazy stuff and we had to protect her. And then D.L. says, yeah, man, you was just trying to protect her. And then Steve says, yeah, man, well, let me ask this question. When did they get into the black woman protection business? Mm. So that's why I said Steve Harvey that night. So that night, DL, what you got back was the medicine that you've dished out to our community for so long through the years. And I want to address what you're trying to make the show out to be. Detroit, I want to say thank you for that amazing night because it was amazing. And when DL says the people left disheartened and disappointed and they were ashamed and embarrassed, well, let's address that because I think it's only fair. From my understanding, Josh Adams kicked butt. From my understanding, Sister Ava Rodriguez kicked butt. Now I can speak for me because I was there. When I walked out on that stage in Detroit, those beautiful people, they gave me a standing ovation. What happened when you walked off? Those beautiful people gave me a standing ovation. 
Now, what has happened in that moment, and this is for the comics who have so much to say. Come on, sweet babies, because this is comedy 101. When you are the headliner, you have to meet the challenge. Regardless as to who goes in front of you and what is said, you have to meet the challenge. And what happened was when D.L. Hughley walked out on that stage, he could not meet the challenge. See, I've had to go up on stage after people have been booed. I got to go up on stage because I'm the headliner. I've had to go up on stage after people have talked ill about me in front of me. I still got to go up on that stage. And my job as the headliner is to make sure when that audience leaves, they leave feeling fulfilled. So because you could not step up to the challenge, D.L. Hughley, you have now made it appear as if the night was bad. And if y'all were paying attention, my babies... But finish your thought. Oh. He made it appear as if the night was bad. He made it appear as if the night was bad. Just your night was bad, D.L. Just your moments were bad, D.L. And I want to address something else because if you want to try to make me look unprofessional, let me tell you how much I get down for the people. I could have not gone out on that stage. I could have not gone out on that stage. Well, why did you? Because I love the people. I don't take those people for granted. I don't take the people for granted that may have paid their last dollar to buy a ticket to a show that I'm a part of. I don't take those people for granted that said, you know what, tonight I need to come out and release this. I don't take those people for granted. So I could have not gone out on that stage, but because of the people, I walked out on that stage and I said that to the people. So when y'all say, well, why didn't she go out? Cause that's just not the type of woman I am. And I want to share something with y'all that y'all don't know about this human being sitting to the right. When she says it, she really means it. She had the privilege of being told by a gentleman y'all may have heard of who said, never stop being who you are. Always be you because you works. His name was Richard Pryor. And there's a gentleman by the name of Rudy Ely. That's the nephew of the legendary Paul Mooney. He was there and can corroborate Paul Mooney saying, you know they call you Mrs. Pryor. Why they call you that? Because you remind them of the female Richard Pryor. Now, when you hear other comedians talking trash, about her, you got that from comedy royalty. The king, before there was a king of comedy. So that allows you to just keep moving forward and not take anything personally. But I say that to say, when you walk on that stage and you are a comedian, it is your job to be truthful to the audience. She doesn't work at the Quickie Mart. She's not a brain surgeon. Her behavior on stage is not unprofessional because it's indicative of the latitude that a comedian is given. They're given a comedic license to speak in reference to their life. And guess what they, guess what she did? She spoke about her life because she would be doing the crowd a disservice to hold all that back and say nothing. And part of the reason why we're having the conversation out loud, because there are many of us 
who've been enslaved and now thinking to believe that everything that happens that's volatile, that could be construed as embarrassing, should be kept quietly. And what happens is in self-defense, they teach women, especially if you are ever abducted in a parking lot, you must scream and yell because that is your best opportunity for survival. Because if the accoster, if the rapist, if the abductor gets you in the privacy of their home, you're at their mercy. Come on. So when you stay silent, you are at the mercy of the victimizer. But when the victimizer is trying to victimize you, it is your best bet to drag them out into the public end so they can take accountability for what it is that they've done. And that's what she did that night. And please, my babies, do your own homework. Pull it up for yourself. And then ask yourself, how many times am I going to get poked? How many times is people going to just start messing with people that's not messing with them? So again, what happened Saturday night? I'm going to say it again. D.L. Hughley was going to get his ass handed to him because once y'all go back all through the interviews i'm gonna be shocked i will be shocked if y'all say mo i'm surprised you didn't get this brother a lot sooner because it went on for years and when brother dl says monique does what a lot of women do and that's weaponized feminism no what, what a lot of women do is they get mistreated because they're feminine, because they happen to be women. So when a woman takes the course of facing her opposition head on, she's a bitch. She don't know what she's doing. She being disrespectful. I mean, what's the name of the book Brother Steve Harvey wrote? What was it called? Act like a lady, but think like a man. What, what do y'all see what we buy into? I'm not equipped to think like a man. I'm not equipped to think like a man. And why does a woman have to think like a man in order to be accepted? And then when a woman thinks like a man and I dealt with DL head on, now it's a problem again. But I got to go back to this, Daddy. Go back to it. I can't believe D.L. Hughley. I can't believe Darlene, you're a tender. Now, that has nothing to do with your sexuality. It has everything to do with your heart. I can't believe you that tender. I can't believe, oh, and she was, what is the word he uses? Because he's using one of those words. I, it was bile. Oh, yes. I can't. You, brother, you are in your feelings. I cannot believe that D.L., and that the, for the comedians, pay attention, baby. Pay attention. See, when you run your mouth about other people and you don't know who you're running up into and then you get to running into a brick wall and then you want to play victim and fall out and act like you've been damaged, come on. Like I said, I feel sorry for your family, brother. If I may. Yes, you Changing may, Change another direction. Change it. What we believe in is trying to put forth the facts because we love our people. Yes. And what a lot of individuals don't know is the P 
people that he spoke about Monique having a problem with, he said, they all are the same. And they're right. They all were people who stepped to her and she stepped back. Now that's the problem. If you notice throughout the years, what are the details associated with what Mo makes Monique difficult? See, when they speak in generalities, it allows you to come up with your conclusion about how she was difficult, but they never go into the specifics. See, the specifics would be Monique has a problem with Oprah Winfrey and Tyler Perry. Oprah Winfrey for multiple reasons, besides the fact that as a black woman who privately said, and here's that word again, privately, privately. communicated to Monique and I that her position for not campaigning for an award was right and it was fair because everything she did was up on the screen. In addition to the fact that she had no contractual obligation to do anything for Lionsgate. When you have Tyler Perry who privately admits the same thing, but also says anything they ask me to do is what I'll do. When you have a billionaire who says anything they ask me to do, I'll do. What begins to happen is they'll use his actions of compliance to put down everybody else. So Monique was supposed to do something for people that she owed nothing. Now, if you think that she was wrong for that, this is what I would suggest you do. When you go to work tomorrow, or if you're at work right now, Go to your boss and say, listen, moving forward, I've been tripping. I've been looking for money at the end of the week for my job. <laughs> moving forward, I'm going to work for you and let you make money off of me and I get nothing in return. If you think that what she did was inappropriate, the black woman has violated so much that y'all heard the recording of Tyler Perry saying he was wrong and he was going to make it right and he is yet to make it right, but nobody is saying anything to him because he's Tyler Perry. There's a quote that goes, some people are fearful of the truth they are fearful of hearing the truth because they are afraid it will destroy their illusion. away our God. And we got to be connected more, not to who the celebrity is, not more to who's black, not more to who's white, not more to who's a Democrat, not more to who's a Republican. We've got to be connected to what's right. And sometimes when you're connected to what's right, you got to face the ridicule associated, but I'd rather face the ridicule. We 